We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. They're an arrogant, ingrown, close-knit brotherhood like the mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right now. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Oh, the hair on my neck just <laughs> straight up. With Ben Higgins. Thank God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these models I popped. Stephen Woods. It's my job to pull that demon out of Ben Higgins. And I will do it. And Paul Reindel. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Ben and Woods. Oh, I do. We paid the wrong on 97.3 The Fan. Yeah, you got it. you. We are halfway home on a Thursday. This week has flown, flown by. Now, you know, I was going to say, you just sounded Philly there for I a did second. It on purpose. It's flown by. Already at Thursday. Our Paul Reinald has outdone himself. He really with has. With our latest uh, Twitter post, uh, just uh, teasing, promoting our appearance tomorrow at Ballast Point Little Italy. <laughs> Where we'll start at six a.m. See you out there. Uh, that is amazing. You got to if you if you haven't go to our Twitter feed at Ben and Woods. We have our very own famous Italians Little Italy banner now uh, to promote our Ballast Point appearance tomorrow. I cannot wait. A friend of mine said our banner is up in Little Italy right now. Thank you. Thank you, Marco. Thank you, Marco. We made it. I will be down there tomorrow. Come hang out. I got literally, literally 75,000 root beer barrels for you to suck on. Alongside Bob Melvin. Yes. Um, By the way. And other things as well, I believe. Tomorrow is also a Friar Friday. And I'm very pleased to announce that our guest tomorrow will be none other than Papa Pedro himself. The man who has made literally all of this possible. Peter Seidler is going to be with us tomorrow here on Ben and Woods on a Friar Friday management report. Ah, man, I think uh, San Diego would love to come by and raise a cold one to Peter Seidler. Now, he's going to be in Philadelphia, so you can't come see him in person, but you can certainly listen to him join the show and raise a cold one, a pint of Ballast Point uh, ale to Peter Seidler for what he has done for the Padres and for the city of San Diego. Yeah, we will definitely be doing another toast uh, like we did last time, the last couple of times. We'll, we'll toast it up. Uh, and just it's just good to be together. It's good to be together while the Padres are on the road. Uh, the watch party is going to be at Petco Park tomorrow night, Ben. Uh, you can get your tickets where? Padres.com? Padres.com. You do need, it's free, but you need to have a ticket to get in yep. just so it's not a f- a free-for-all. Uh, they yeah. want to make sure there's a seat for everybody to sit down and watch the game on the giant video board at Petco Park. And uh, we're going to be out there as well, warming up the crowd before games three and four of the series on Friday and Saturday. But, uh, yeah, make sure you get that because uh, they think that it's going to be a well-attended affair downtown tomorrow and Saturday. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, ben and I are going to be hosting it. I'm nervous as hell. 
And uh, we're going to walk out on stage, and there's going to be a lot of people there. And then we're going to watch the game and uh, hang out and see a bunch of the tier ones out there. And uh, some of some people are going to be like, who are these guys? They have no idea who these guys are. They're going to know the Padres alumni, though. I think Mark Loretta is going to be there tomorrow. I think Trevor on Saturday, I do believe. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's just going to be a, a big party in San Diego. Nobody's going to be getting much work done. Uh, everyone's going to be spending way too much money, and that's how it should be, man. This is, <clears throat> this is the playoffs. doesn't happen very often. And uh, let's just come together as a community and hang out and just be together and root our boys on from afar. I think um, I think one of the storylines for you know whether for right or wrong in the playoffs was always going to be how does AJ Preller's trade acquisitions how do they impact the team? Uh, we've seen the last couple of months a somewhat and I don't know if disappointing is the right word, but. Not quite to the level that we expected from Juan Soto on down. Every guy that the Padres acquired at the trade deadline, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, and Josh Hader, none of them really totally performed up to their capabilities that we were necessarily expecting. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think, in fact, you could go the other way. You could really say all of them were kind of a disappointment at one time or another. I I hate to use that word. But it is, in essence, kind of true that, you know, what you were trading for, what you thought you were trading for, isn't necessarily what you got well, over the final two months of the season. Go beyond that, too. Go beyond this just this year's trade deadline. I mean, anybody mad about the Austin Nola trade now? I mean, it'd be great to have Andres Munoz, but Andres Munoz is is playing golf right now. He's done. His team's out. Austin Nola is catching every single game, getting clutch hit after clutch hit. It's hard to say, and that's why I know it's hard, man. I do. I'm guilty as charged of being knee jerk after six months, a year with a trade, and saying, "Man, it just we got." I thought we did a, a thought that was a good trade. We got fleeced, but I, I'll tell you, man, we were busting narratives all week this week. I think the narrative that AJ Preller can't build a competitive baseball team is a narrative that needs to be busted. I, I think for me, though, the tough part is that. It, it, a trade is not necessarily a disaster. When when Blake Snell did not pitch well against the Mets, and you saw people, oh, you know, this is why you got him. This turned out to be a terrible trade. He's not even performing in the playoffs. That's totally not fair. Blake Snell has done a ton of great things for the Padres. Has been a key member of this team. Now, of course, his last two playoff starts have been instrumental yep. uh, for the Padres going forward. Not that, here without him, yeah. But essentially, you can throw a lot of the regular season stuff out the window now. You know, A.J. Preller made a lot of these moves trying to put together a lineup that he felt could win playoff baseball games. And we didn't know whether or not that A.J. was capable of that, but clearly we're watching it happen right now. And all the reasons why, like, why did he pick up Brandon Drury? Because we weren't talking about Brandon Drury. Nobody was talking about Brandon Drury. Completely random, right? But without without Fernando Tatis Jr., the Padres were missing a little extra right-handed power in their lineup, a guy who could hit the long ball, a guy who could torment some lefties when you needed him. What has he done, especially yesterday? I mean, absolutely critical game that you had to get. He gets a home run. He gets a huge hit off a lefty. Everything you acquired Brandon Drury for encapsulated in two at-bats in yesterday's game. Absolutely got us on the board and said, we're going to be okay, right? With that, that first home run, he hit a missile off of, again, potentially the best pitcher in baseball, that had a four-run lead. So getting you on the board, and then Josh Bell, much maligned, comes up. He gets a huge, huge knock. Lead's cut in half right there. 
I mean, is that not dividends, Ben? Those are dividends yeah. from and, the trade. And trade Juan deadline. Soto, I mean, you think you're getting a, a generational talent, and you, I think you still are. Didn't really perform like it during the regular season, but my God, where are the Padres right now without the big hits that Juan Soto has delivered in the postseason? And I, I certainly hope and think there's still more to come for Juan Soto, some bigger moments, some bigger hits. And then finally, Josh Hader, who... Let, I, let's be honest. Did we all think might have been a disastrous acquisition yeah. after the first couple of couple of weeks? And- the only thing that like so you knew you knew Rogers was not the guy. He started so hot here, but you did feel a little bit smoke and mirrorsy with uh, with Rogers. It almost felt like broken closer for broken closer at the time. And you thought though, man, I know you know what's inside Josh Hader. Are we going to be able to pull that out of him? Uh, I'd say mission accomplished in every way. And the Brewers, who were fighting for their lives in the playoffs, could have certainly used Josh Hader uh, to win a couple of those ball games as well. So, man, you, you not only did you improve your team, Ben, you decimated another playoff team, which is a double win. And, by the way, now going forward, I guarantee you the Phillies, and if the Padres make the World Series, whoever they face, they will view games against the Padres as eight-inning games. No doubt. Or seven and a third or seven and two-thirds or whatever. Because they look at Josh Hader right now and they have to realistically say, if we don't have the lead after eight innings, we have lost. Because he is that devastating at the moment. Uh, every single time he comes out there, I love the uh, the pitching ninja. Well, here's Josh Hader annihilating the side again right now. He is locked in. He is as nasty. I mean... Uh, you know, Padres have a, a Hall of Fame closer in Trevor Hoffman. I don't know that Trevor Hoffman was ever as nasty as we've seen Josh Hader the last couple of appearances. He's been unbelievable. Just incredible. Just incredible. Touching 100 yesterday, up in the zone. Uh, guys go up there defeated. It's like, why am I even going to try this? I mean, he embarrassed Betts, Turner, and Freddie Freeman, again, with a two-run lead. Those guys have put together two runs or three runs or four runs, so many times, Ben, you know, all, all through the season for the Dodgers, he embarrassed them. I mean, just put them in the ground, all three of them. It was like it was nothing. And then went out and did the same thing yesterday. So uh, I think that speaks a lot to uh, the team as well. When they can say, man, let's get a lead for this guy, and and we have this ball game in hand. So it, it really does kind of spark the fight. Not that there shouldn't be in a playoff game anyway, but... Man, you're just you, I never feel out of it with this team, and I know the offense has hit the skids and sometimes. And then yesterday they they just bust out. This is Ben Padres baseball, though. I've got one question for you as we go forward now when it comes to the Padres lineup, and I know what you're going to probably say because I Bob Melvin has been so steady. I mean, he made a, a little tweak yesterday with Jake Cronenworth in the four spot and going with the the Bell Drury back to back. Kind of gutsy to, to to sit Will Myers for a day after he's given you good defense and had the only hit in game one. But would you at all consider, it, it, even in the postseason here, going with Juan Soto as the designated hitter? Yes. And maybe putting Will Myers out no, in, in I, right field? I, or would you put. I would put Sugar out there. Put Azokar and go full defense against a lefty tomorrow well, you know, in Ranger Suarez. You could have. You could. I thought Azokar defensively in right field and Soto as your DH. Other or than, you, could, you could have Myers out there in right field and. Uh, have Drury at first base. Obviously, Drury is going to be in the lineup tomorrow. I would think. And against I, I the would. Lefty. I would imagine though that tomorrow's lineup will be 
chock full of righties. I would imagine Will Myers is in there somehow. I would imagine. Well, uh, how do you get Will Myers in there? I, I mean, he I plays, guess he I, plays first. Jury DH is Bell sits. Bell sits. Yeah. you know, and, and Bell coming off a, a home run and a and a clutch single as well. For, he had three three knocks yesterday. Yeah. Um, now the home run was from the left side of the plate. The 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 RBA single was from the right side yep. of the plate, though. Um, you know, good problems to have for for Bob Melvin, but certainly he'll have a decision to make for tomorrow. I mean, as as cold as Jury was, he is that hot now. Uh, the way he's barreling the baseball, he is in the lineup for me tomorrow. I, and I, I don't know, man. I mean, is is Will Myers a guaranteed start tomorrow? I think I think he probably is. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't. Do I, you sit Trent Grisham for once? He's been so great. I mean, defensively, I I'd hate to lose him. He has cooled off a little bit. He's cooled off a little. Yeah. Um, and put. Put sugar in yeah against the left hander and be, be ready to quickly go to Grisham sure. as soon as they they switch out to a righty at some point. I mean, here's what it all boils down to for me, and I know it's it's tired and and kind of a give up, but whatever Bob rolls with, I'm going to be on board with because that guy knows his team better than any of us do. I just it's fun to play play manager and GM, but um, I I would I wouldn't be afraid. Uh, and Bob trusts his guys. You know I, that lineup he put out yesterday clearly was a really, really good one because it worked against one of the best pitchers in baseball. And and I think Bob knows as well as anybody that there's probably a number of different successful configurations that he can go to. There's not just one winning lineup right. every day. Hundred oh, percent. You know he can probably go with two or three different ways. That's the difficult part. He makes the decision. It doesn't mean that the guys who don't play were con- definitely the wrong choice. He's got a, he's he's only got nine spots. He's only got nine slots that he can put in there, and it's good when you have 10 or 11 guys that you can feel comfortable with on a day-to-day basis. Someone's got to sit, though, and you know, it's a t- I'm sure it's a tough decision for him every single day Absolutely, in the playoffs in, in what he's going to do here. And I'm, and I'm sure there's tough conversations. I'm sure it was a tough conversation sitting Will Myers yesterday, who, who has played you know pretty good defense and um, you know finally got on the board. Uh, it's it's probably a tough convo, but man, Bob is going to go with the guys that give us the best chance to win. I'm going to ride with that all day long. And and you know, Philly, a uh, bit of a smaller outfield, not the big expansive outfield that Petco Park is. So maybe a Myers in right, maybe okay. Maybe a, a Sugar in center or in right, maybe okay. Bottom of the lineup, right-handed hitter. Hey man, get a bunt down. You know, do something. Go go up there and swing it. I mean, well, I'll get the numbers for you too. Uh, how we fare against Rangers Suarez. I think we've also gotten to the point where these guys who haven't played yet, we got to get them some some looks. But you also now worry now. Have you? Are these guys all kind of out of the swing of things because it's been so long since they've seen game action? Well, I see those guys working hard. They are on the you know the off days and BP to stay to stay sharp, even though they haven't gotten in any of the games. You know, Alfaro, all of them trying to get some work, knowing there's probably a start coming up somewhere this weekend. The next three days. You will probably see a couple of names we have not seen in the Padres lineup uh, during this playoff run, given it's now potentially five games in five days starting tomorrow. And it's three straight, yeah. So it's it, th- three, yeah, three, and then you come back. Yeah, for, for two more. So yeah, five, five and five, five, five and five days starting tomorrow will necessitate a little bit of a change in the way Bob Melvin has managed and strategized up to this point in the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you right now, Austin Nola hits Ranger Suarez really well. He's Again, these are really small sample sizes. Two for four, Machado's one for two, Hassan Kim one for three. Josh Bell is one for eight, but he's got the home run, a couple RBI off and a couple of walks. Profar one for five, Grish one for four, Sugar's 0 for two, Alfaro one for eight, five Ks. 
Uh, Soto 0 for 8, RBI 3K. Really? Yeah, Cronenworth okay. 0 for 2, and Drury 0 for 1. Um, so it doesn't. there's nothing that jumps out that says, oh, Bell's got to be in there. All he's very got a small bomb. sample size. Yeah, though. exactly. And then as far as Joe Musgrove against their lineup, Stotts 1 for 2, Marsh 1 for 2, Castellanos 5 for 18, Segura 5 for 15, Real Muto 2 for 11, Harper 3 for 14, handled him pretty good, Schwarber 2 for 16, Hoskins 0 for 8. So he's, he's done pretty well against some of these guys. All right. Well, we'll talk about it certainly more tomorrow. If you want to join us, we can sneak in a few calls before Eno joins us at the bottom of the hour. 833-288-0973. You can get online now. Uh, this segment of Ben and Woods brought to you by Senior Grubbies in downtown Carlsbad and Oceanside. Check out their daily happy hour from 3 to 6. Hashtag Eat Grubbies and EatGrubbies.com. And we'll be right back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. He's on a plane right now, isn't he, Adam? Or yeah, Bob? I think so. He's not listening. So. Good. We can could really re-rip him. <laughs> Throwback Thursday here on Men and Woods. And, uh, yeah, you don't hear a lot of Dan and Shay in our music rotation. Not a lot as in this is the first time ever. Well, second time. First time we've ever used it as coming back. Yeah. Return music. Uh, so th- Throwback Thursdays, we like to go back in time. Uh, you know, go back a year or two years, whatever, just to see what was up on the Ben and Woods program. Yeah, what we were doing. And this is uh, was this was just last year, right? This was so. last year, yesterday. So last October, the Atlanta Braves were making their run through the postseason, and of course, our our program director, our brand manager, Adam Klug from Atlanta, yep. is a big Braves fan. So. You know, we were getting updates from him, checking in, seeing how hey, he's Hey, did you guys feeling. see that catch by yeah. Freddie Freeman? Yes, yes we're watching we the saw game. It, All the way through. Yes. And then they've got, what, they've got a big NLCS game coming up. And they, we, it, I think it was over the weekend. I think we did this on a Monday. And it was in L.A. And and we wanted yeah. to know, yeah. were you yeah. going to the game? What's going on? How are you watching the game? What's the plan, Adam? And we've got this amazing, amazing Information from our boss from Throwback Thursday. He casually slips in to us yesterday that he and his wife went to a concert Saturday night. And I looked at him and I go, but you had a huge walk-off win. Like, your team is in the NLCS playing their biggest game of the season to date. What concert did you go to? He goes, well, my wife wanted to go see Dan. Dan and Shay. And I looked at him and I go, <clears throat> I'm embarrassed to be your friend and I'm embarrassed that you're my Now, he didn't that. mind. He said, I like I that, like Dan and so Shay. So that was problem number one. <laughs> Just was, lying right off the bat. See, here's the thing, Paulie. I don't think he was lying. I think he kind of likes Dan and Shay. So I started making fun of him immediately because that's what I do. Um, I, uh, give me some Dan and Shay, Paulie. So Paulie hits maybe me. Maybe it's better than maybe you it's better really than I thought. realize. <laughs> 
10,000 Hours by Dan J. Featuring, featuring Justin Bieber. Oh, my God. Now, country superstar. Well, okay, give, give, give us a song that doesn't have Justin oh, yeah, Bieber, just a, to be fair. Give me a Bieber list song by Dan and Shay. Oh, this one's called Tequila, so it's oh, probably... probably about drinking. I can still shut down oh, My reaction's the same a year later. I can hang with anybody. Can you? Can you? Oh, look at Shay. that. I can drink whiskey. <laughs> can you? Shay. Champagne all night. Little scotch on the rocks and I'm fine. I'm hyperventilating. When I taste tequila, baby, I still see a color. I just peed my pants. I'm embarrassed. So I... So here's Adam at the concert with his wife. Watching Dan and Shay instead just of watching, waving a lighter back yeah, and forth. Instead of watching his beloved, I mean, and I mean, probably sitting on his wife's shoulders. Well, let's talk about this. <laughs> it, the Braves are his team. He, we're in a group chat with him. He'll be texting us like about get, the stuff that's going on at the game. Now he didn't get any text from Saturday night. Now we know because why. he was at Dan and Shay. He's unbelievable. <laughs> He's unbelievable. That Adam. He goes, I like him. All right, well. Each their own. It's embarrassing, though. No grown man should listen to Dan and Shay. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> right. Am I wrong here? You're not. You're. I'm really you know not, what? Right. I know I'm a jerk and I hate everything, but I no feel grown like, man should be like. Oh, I feel yeah. like I am. I am the representative of this show for the uncool, <laughs> and I like a lot of things that are decidedly uncool. Even ben but even all. I think that that is that is cringeworthy. For any any dude to miss their favorite team's baseball yes. playoff game to go to a Dan and Shea concert. I would have told my wife, you know what? Enjoy. Find a friend. One of your girls, you guys go have a ball. I'll watch both kids, watch the game. You couldn't drag me. I'll get you a car service. Go. Whatever, have, yeah, have a great time. You, here's my debit card. Have a ball. Whatever <laughs> you want. Let alone. Like, when you taste tequila on my debit card, <laughs> you can have it. You couldn't pay me to go to that on a Saturday night in January. Right, right. Let alone. Much less when the Padres When my are team playing. is in the NLCS. It's the worst. The worst. That's our beloved Adam. He has uh, been the uh, subject of many, many uh, <laughs> moments of ridicule on our program, and I thank him for that. Won't be the last. It time won't be the last. Throwback Thursday features us ripping our. I box. just can't picture a grown man at that concert. Like, oh hell yeah! Hope they play tequila soon. The the good news is he's on his way to Philadelphia. So if the Padres win the next three games and start, yo, spraying, call me when you get your phone. <laughs> spraying champagne in the locker room, he will be in there to interview Peter Seidler and ask him how it feels. To beat the Phillies in the National League Championship <laughs> Series. Is it extra sweet because it's against the Phillies. Dodgers? <laughs> what was that? Is it extra sweet because it's against the Dodgers? He'll be there for he'll be for there for us in Philadelphia. It's such a oh, we have l- to. legendary <laughs> clips, man. Who's legendary gonna, who's gonna clips. ask Peter Seidler tomorrow morning? It was what? extra sweet because we beat the Dodgers. Was it? I will. I'll do it. Hey, no, Peter, it I know. Hey, game three later today. I just want to revisit <laughs> a, a historic, amazing, incredible weekend last weekend at Petco Park. 
for the NLDS. Was it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? Yeah, was it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? The Dodgers! (laughs) Killed me. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Legit. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. All right, we will uh, we will come back. Eno Saris, our weekly yet-to-be-named Smart Baseball uh, segment is coming up with Eno Saris. It is super polished, by the way. Uh, this segment of Ben and Woods uh, brought to you by Gomez Trial Attorney. Seriously injured, get a real trial attorney. Get Gomez back after this on 97.3 The Fan. I know that I'll be a mess The second that I see you you won't be surprised it's so bad. It's every really time bad, it's nothing man. new it's always on a night like tonight please go to commercial i thank god you can read my mind I'm begging you cuz when you look at me with those to eyes i'm speechless and i just standing so there in my dress what is doing to I feel like you're a soul man, Woods. I got a little soul. You got a little soul in you. A little bit. Uh, Listen to Padres Baseball has never been easier. You don't need an actual radio anymore. You can stream Padres Baseball on the free Odyssey app. Looking forward to our weekly chat with Eno Saris as we go deeper and deeper into the postseason. It's fun to have Eno on because we'd be talking baseball Whoever was left, the Final Four, you know us. Oh, I mean, absolutely. We'd be breaking down both the series. thinking about that a lot. Like, how many Octobers, like, we would still be having all of our favorite baseball insiders on to oh, just yeah. talk about, you talk know, about what's going on. Mets, Braves, or yep. whatever's going on in the NLCS. Like, I think about all the Octobers. I've sat on my couch and watched the FS1 or the Fox sure. Broadcast Center, like, out in the outfield. I'm like, that's here at Petco Park now for Padres games. And now we get to talk to Eno, not just about the National League Championship Series, but the one that features our San Diego Padres. And we'll do that right after traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Happy Thursday, Padres fans. It's time for the super-polished, yet-to-be-named Smart Baseball Weekly segment with Eno Saris, powered by Seven Mile Casino, San Diego's premier card room, featuring California Blackjack, Poker, and Baccarat, just seven minutes from town. Yes! Here's Ben and Woods on the home of the Padres, 97.3 The Fan. Let's go out to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, and not only is uh, Eno Saris on with us, he was also uh, at Petco Park over the weekend for Padres Dodgers. Eno, good morning. H- how was that atmosphere compared to other big games you've been to in Major League Baseball? It was really, really great. And, um, you know, I was at a benefit Saturday night downtown, and uh, it was hilarious. We were in a building across from Petco Park, and everybody who was working the benefit uh, was out on the balcony watching the game. Uh, like on the videotron on the big on the jumbotron so like it was like being in san diego and not being at the game was like being at the game still everybody was super into it and uh screaming their heads off everywhere and uh it was just really a lot of fun to be in san diego that weekend i'm glad you reminded me i just got a text yesterday you know katie Wu. she writes for the athletic as well one of our beloved guests and friends she texted me yesterday guys and said 
I have a layover in San Diego as I head home, and the airport is filled with Padres fans. Little kid next to me has a homemade swag chain. Two kids in Tatis jerseys are playing catch in the gate. Gate agent is decked out in Padres gear. Just a cool sight. So happy for this town. Um, and that's really been the the attitude. I don't really like the gatekeeping of, oh, man, you know, are you a new Padre fan or an old Padre fan? It is just special to be a part of. You know, I'm glad you got a chance to look at it. And give us kind of your overall thoughts of, of the play. I know that's where you're, you know, that's where you make your money. The play on the field has been spectacular, particularly the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen's been ungodly. What are your kind of overarching thoughts on this team so far? Yeah, it's it, it's amazing. Um you know, every uh, every series they've had or every sort of, uh, yeah, every series they've had, I've, I've kind of, uh, you know, I do these pitching matchups on The Athletic. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I'm like, you know, uh, they're number one, you know, maybe better uh, than the Padres number one. Uh, I mean, then I'm always like, but at some point, the advantage shifts to the Padres. You know what I mean? Like, they have a big three, you know, in, in Darvish uh Snell and Musgrove and that third one you know sometimes you say oh depth doesn't matter in the playoffs well I think it does actually and the longer the series go the more it matters more um and so what ha- has happened is because they're they have these three great starting pitchers they can even steal one against one of your best ones you know what I mean um I, I think that yes the bullpen has been amazing but the fact that Snell, Musgrove, and Darvish have all been really good. Just means that they're in it in every game, yeah. Um, and yeah. So like that, just having three is amazing. Well, you had me so domed out yesterday as we are on the air. You know, we just came off a of one of those games where it's like, man. And I said it. I said you guys aren't going to want to hear this. That was a good baseball game. You know, that was a really, really good baseball game. We got beat. Uh, guys got beat by a really good pitcher uh, in Zach Wheeler. He was phenomenal. And then your article popped up yesterday. Could Aaron Nola actually be the best pitcher in baseball? And I'm in here going, oh, my God, I need a vomit bag. And, you know, it was one of those deals where, yeah, sure, he looked good. But, man, the Padres got to him and got to him, um, you know, in in, in short order, basically. I mean, he was was out of there. I actually thought Rob Thompson might have left him in a little bit too long. The Padres were on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, the thing is, um, that was an exploration of statistics, basically, because Fangraph's war has had Aaron Nola as the best pitcher in baseball last year. I don't think he was necessarily, you know? Um, and so I wanted to look through, like, the different choices. You know, everyone talks about how pitching war is so different from different websites to yep. different websites. And that's because they make different choices. Fangraph says the pitcher has no control over balls in play. Um, and over at Baseball Reference, they, they try to make some adjustments, um, but one of the things that I found that was really fascinating was um, that um, it's really almost impossible to control for the how good the opponent is. So when people say, "Oh, he just you know he dominated bad uh, bad teams or this or that," um, I don't I don't know how useful that is to the conversation. But in the end, Nola was I would say more like a top ten pitcher who pitched in front of a bad defense in a tough home park. And I don't know if that makes him enough to, to say number one. Yesterday, I thought it was kind of funny. He's thrown 10,000 fastballs in his career. He's thrown nine of them, 96 miles an hour. And he's thrown three of those 96-mile-an-hour fastballs to his brother. 
Wow. <laughs> that is a Get a little extra jacked up little to face juice. the older brother, huh? Oh, yeah. Talking to Eno Saris from The Athletic. Uh, Woods mentioned it as well, the Padres pitching staff, but also the bullpen. And in the regular season, the Padres were ranked kind of the middle, middle of the pack bullpen-wise. Now, I, I'm going to ask you what the difference is. Obviously, Josh Hader went through a huge slump, and he has gone back to being Josh Hader plus plus, but it's not just Hader as well. What are you seeing here from the Padres' pen, you know? I think maybe they benefited a little bit from a slimming. Um, and I'm not saying this because, like, I, I really respect uh, a lot of the uh, the Padres' relievers. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, boiling it down to, to Suarez, um, and and Hader and Garcia, basically they average ninety nine five on their fastball. <laughs> it's like uh, that's uh, that's the three best that they had to offer. Now Nick Martinez had a really great, uh, you know, was really important in in uh, the game two victory. Um, and Stephen Wilson had, was was a great reliever for most of the year. Uh, but you know you're not uh, you're not running out your fifth and sixth relievers, and I think that's uh, been a big part of why uh, you know the Padres pen has looked better in the playoffs. Talking to our pal Eno Saris here on Ben and Woods this morning, and you know you were uh, second half of the season, you, you saw something in Trent Grisham. You talked to Trent Grisham uh, about it. You know you you would come on our airwaves and say, no guys, like I'm I'm seeing this. He seems to be turning it around. He's a little bit better than league average right now. Padre fans, I think our, even ourselves included, couldn't understand. And I asked you a question a couple of weeks ago like, hey, he's got to be your center fielder in the playoffs because of his glove and his glove alone. And you agreed, you know, and my God, has he come on and started barreling baseballs. You know, he almost hit one yesterday. Um, he, he's been barreling the ball. He's been locked in. And frankly, I don't think we're here without him. Uh, you know, what? how surprised are you? I guess probably le- less surprised than anybody else. Um, you know, what I'm not surprised is, uh, that play that he made yesterday, that diving catch, um, he's a, he's a really good center fielder. He had uh, a seven foot above average jump on that, according to that cap. So like he gets really, really good jumps. It's not just about blazing speed. He's probably, you know, he's not the fastest center fielder out there. Uh, but, um, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, getting great jumps, he does that. Um, and, uh, and then, in, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the what he does at the plate, the one thing that stood out for me, like he, he was talking about, I need to focus on what I'm good at. And um, and I thought, well, that's good and that's, that's bad because, you know, he does, he can be pitched too high in the zone. And I think he's, he's seen a lot of called strikes three high in the zone um, and he prefers it sort of middle, 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 low. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was like, maybe you need to, maybe you need to do something about those high pitches. Maybe you need to figure out something. But what he did say to me that I think has actually come true is he said to me, it's easier to tell a guy like me to be more aggressive than it is to tell a guy who's super aggressive to be more patient True, because I have a better sense of where the zone is. And so I can be aggressive in the zone. Um, and if you're telling a guy who's who's super aggressive uh, to be more patient, he may just watch more called, called strikes threes. You know, he might 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 not make the right decisions. 
Um, and so what, when I look in the numbers, I see that Grisham, this is the most aggressive Grisham has been all year. He's swinging more than he's been, than he has all year. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, that, that, you know, is a good sign for him, uh, because we, we've been talking about his called strikes three. Um, and, and, you know, he's staying away from that and he's trying to get to a pitch before he gets to two strikes. And uh, I think we've seen some good results out of it. I mean, I mean, come on, he hit a homer off Jake Degrom. Unbelievable! Like, he's 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 having a, a great run. You know, uh, we like the matchup in, in Game Three, Musgrove against Suarez. Let's look ahead to Game Four because I think both managers have kind of an interesting decision of how it's going to work. What's what's your take on on what we could see from both teams pitching wise in Game Four of this series? Yeah, I mean, I think the Phillies in the past have gone with um, the, the the approach of taking Noah Syndergaard him out there um, and then uh, mixing and matching after that. Um, with three games in a row, uh, you've got uh, some real hard decisions to make. Um, you know, when you uh, go to that second pitcher after Syndergaard, do you go to Gibson? Uh, do you start emptying out the bullpen knowing – uh, that you've got a, a, a game the next day. Um, but uh, there is no tomorrow kind of deal in the playoffs. Um, I, I think they might, um, you know, Syndergaard plus a lot of bullpen is uh, what I expect from them. Um, on the uh, Padres side, I think Nick Martinez is going to be pretty important. Um, I'm not saying uh, that Clevenger won't pitch. I'm just saying that Nick Martinez is probably the second pitcher. Um, and he's a guy that can go multiple innings, um, and that will hopefully uh, save their bullpen and maybe get them to their big three. Uh, if they can get to the big three from Clevenger and Martinez, I think uh, I prefer that situation. So I think I prefer the Padres in the next two games. What about a an opener-type situation? We saw them use it. I think it was a regular season game against the Dodgers. It was Steven Wilson. Uh, that came out and got the start. And they did Pierce Johnson once, I think. Was it Pierce Two. that did it, Wasn't or was there? it Steven? Yeah, what a, feel, maybe, uh, maybe they did both, both, but yeah. Uh, but they came out, and it was basically it was to go out and get Betts, Turner, and Freeman. And he did the job, and it was great. And then and they brought in Manaya, I think. Brought in yeah. Manaya, and he actually pitched okay, too. So uh, I'm sure that's something that's got to, uh, you would imagine. Look at like, numbers against Schwarber and yeah. Harper and, and well, Hoskins. and and Harper's been in the four. That's hole. true, yeah. So well, I don't like, know why they put him four. I, I would put him higher. Getting you know? th- getting through an inning, one, two, three, and not having to face Bryce Harper in the first inning, it, to me, feels like an auto win every single time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Harper thing is interesting because the opener for me might be Morahan. Is he on the is he on the roster? He's he on is, the roster. Yeah. He just has not pitched much because he when he has pitched, he hasn't. Yeah, pitched the one well. bad outing in the Met, against the Mets, and that was all. That's all but he's had. It doesn't take long like to lose that, that trust. Lefty. I, I just like that he's a lefty. Yeah. he throws hard. Could be um, Tim Hill. You know, I wish I wish Harper was uh, was in the top three because then you'd say. Schwarber and Harper. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got the advantage with the lefty. Also, you know, I per- personally like this idea uh, of throwing out uh, a different handed opener. Yes. Um, you know, because uh, that also forces uh, the Phillies to make a decision. So maybe they do bat Harper fourth uh, because Morahan is the, or Hill is the opener. Um, I think that would be really interesting. 
because that means that Harper might get one less AB. You know, that's that's why the lineup matters is the guys at the very top get more chances. So you may be able to end the game with Harper on deck um, just by having him fourth or, you know, wherever he is. Yeah, and Tim Hill's been so freaking good. And he gets out righties, he gets out lefties, but don't you want Tim Hill for Bryce Harper in the seventh or in the eighth? So, you know, more right. if he could, if he could, for you know, I, figure it out or whatever, like get his confidence back. He does have nasty, nasty stuff. I would not mind seeing him, you know, open a game or, or just or, hate her in the first inning, or just hate her in the first. Yeah, <laughs> call it a just really put him on their heels, man. <laughs> no, it, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really fun to watch uh, how they manage because, like you said, man, no, no real days off. So other series, you know, is there any any thought that, that like the Yankees could come come back? In this one, I know it's just one nothing, but it feels like the Astros are set up very well They're here. They're so good. I do give the Yankees an advantage in the games that Garrett Cole starts, um, and he's starting. So I think they might they might tie it up uh, today. I I still think the Astros uh, take it in six or seven. Um, they're just uh, so dominant in basically every part of the game. Yeah. You know, like uh, they've got a great big three. They've got you know. They've got extra starting pitchers, so they have a. They actually have you know middle bridge guys. They have a, a good end of bullpen. They good D, good O. Like you know, they're they're going to be tough for anybody. I, I do think that they're going to go to the World Series. It's funny. That's what they call me, Woodsy, and Paul. A great big three. Yeah, the great big three. Yeah, we're just a great big three. <laughs> Literally. You know, appreciate it as always. Uh, enjoy the weekend games, and uh, we'll talk to you next week and preview the World Series. Hopefully, including the San Diego Padres. Thank you so much. All right, thanks for having me. Lino Saris, our super polished, yet-to-be-named Smart Baseball Weekly segment on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Going to be nuts, man. I know. I feel like Bob Melvin would get some criticism if he went with an opener in Game 4. Like, oh, you're getting cutesy. You're getting... That's not cute. I wouldn't wouldn't criticize him. I I wouldn't either. I think, you know, people who don't... Really think that hard about baseball? Oh, you can't. You got to go with a starter. You know, it's a playoff game. Yeah, what are you, you doing? You, you you will go with the starter in the second inning. Yeah, He'll start I, the second inning. I definitely <laughs> think that there. I think Tim Hill. There's an argument there. I like saving Tim. I, I do. I like saving Tim Ben because he's been so good. I mean, look, I like I like a high velo guy in the first to go out and mow down Schwarber, who K's a lot. To mow down Real Muto and to mow down Hos- uh, Hoskins. Why Harper is not in the first three is beyond me. It really is. You go up one, two, three. You don't have to face Bryce Harper. I mean, to me, you got two chances to score before you face Bryce Harper. That's ridiculous to me. I think that's a massive oversight. And I, I know they have numbers to back it up and everything else. To me, my best hitter, the guy, honestly, that wants it more than anybody else on that team, he's not hitting in the first inning. Really? Really? Your best hitter? Okay. Keep keep running him out there in the four hole. That's definitely not baseball in 2022. Mm-mm. I mean, when you see a team like the Dodgers leading Mookie Betts off. In the in the first inning, I have a chance to score. Yeah. And then if I go one, two, three, I get a chance to score again before Bryce so Harper. So do Machado bat in the first inning yeah, every game. Because Bryce Harper's not touching a bat. Tune in to kick off with Boomer and Valenti Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Boomer Esaias and Mike Valenti discussing the biggest NFL stories, previewing the games here on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be back with a Rindle Report. Kick off the final hour next here on Ben and Woods. <laughs>